0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to whoever is listening to this episode at whatever time you're listening to. I'm your host Cedric Turner and this is the Speaking Preferably Over Real Topics and Sports Podcast or for short, just Sports. Once again, I'm your host Cedric Turner and today on, I have one of my buddies, good friend of mine, ball player extraordinaire some people say he looks like Chris Paul. I don't know about that one, but we'll we'll see. We'll let him introduce himself. This is my buddy Dom. Dom, tell him what. Tell him a little bit about
1: yourself. Hey, what's up? What's up? It's your boy Dom. Uh, been friends with Seth for a minute. It's pretty cool. Has his own thing going. His own pod, and uh, I'm glad to be on. I'm glad to be on. Um, but pretty much, man, we met playing ball. That's what it was. Claremore Rec Center. Uh, I was new to Tulsa. I was looking for somewhere to hoop. I uh, got a recommendation from a coworker to go to this spot uh, out in Claremore. Um, I was a new person to a new city, just looking for one, some exercise, and then just some recreational activity. And, you know, you kind of meet people along the way, and said just happened to be one of those people out of a, a group uh, I consider dear friends, close friends at this point. And then we just all meshed and clicked and gelled, and we've been homies ever since. Yeah, man, it's
0: It's been a good time, man. Like, I had to think about it for a minute. I was like, God, it has been a minute, like, since we started kicking it. Oh, but, man, I feel like that's how everybody in the group met. Like, I met Ryan and Rashad on the basketball court, and they introduced me to Paul, and Paul introduced me to Terrence, and then they introduced me to Jamie. So I was was like, so (laughs) it all happened on the basketball court. It's crazy. Yeah. and it all happened because I mean I, I I've talked about this with other people, but I feel like we all of us have just an easygoing, laid back type of demeanor where we're not really built on starting drama with people. We just we're just chill, we're just, and that's how we connected on the court. We were just chill. We just played the game. We understood the game. We had fun with the game. We got pissed off if we lost because we're competitors. <laughs> but Some
1: big facts. But, uh, yeah, you hit hit it on the head, man. I just think all of the homies, man, they're just dope people in general, all together. They're just like awesome human beings. And I appreciate that. And it's, yeah, it makes it that much better. Oh, yeah. And it's it's so much fun. Cause I, I was talking
0: to about it with somebody the other day. And I was like, man, I was like, you know, you cool with somebody when they can call you out in the middle of a game for not doing something and you don't cuss them out. I was like, I done had so many times where, like, so, like, I done called somebody out, and they done called me out. They like said, "Man, you ain't playing defense," and I'm just like, you know what? You fucking right, man. I, I ain't playing a lick of defense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah, man. I was like, all right, all right, I got you. I was like, you somebody else though. But man, it's, it's always been yeah, fun, man. man. Those
1: are the best friendships. You Hold each other accountable. Oh yeah. I'ma hold you accountable. You better you better lock up, Cedric. Oh, <laughs> you better man. step up and play some D.
0: But yeah, man, just uh go ahead and give me a quick story about why
1: you fell in love with basketball. Just basketball in general, man. That's it's all you know, it's everybody's first love, man. I you get the little toy hoop at the crib with the with the mini ball and you just you just doing your thing. It's always been like that, as long as I can remember, I've been Playing some type of sport, and uh, yeah, basketball is one of them for sure. Uh, I like college and pro. Uh, I think we're gonna talk about the NBA though. But should I mean, really think about it. It starts with MJ, so that's kind of cliche to say. That's yeah. kind of cliche to say, but it's it's the it's the God honest truth. Like I, mean, I had I- the I had the Chicago Bulls decor. My yeah. whole bedroom was decked out. Mattress yeah. covered posters, lamp. I had a bulls locker in my closet just to just to let y'all know. <laughs> if that's any indicator of <laughs> what I was about.
0: Man, I think it all starts there for 90s babies. Like nineties babies, it all starts yeah. it yeah. all starts with Michael, because I mean that's who you grew yeah, up watching. Yeah. Uh you like once you finally started to figure out the game, that was like his last probably four championships that he won. Uh, when you finally start to realize the game. So that's the guy you grew up watching. And so I was like, it's the same way with 80s. Like 80 babies, they they talk about Larry and Magic and Isaiah and and, um, and uh, got Clyde and Hakeem and all them. And I was like, when you talk to 90 babies, they talk about Michael and Scotty and Shaq and Kobe and Ray Allen oh. and Gary Payton. And it's just... It, it, it's that era that you grew up in and it's it's fun i was like my f- basketball had to be my first love like it was it was basketball that i fell in love with and then and then everything else came second <laughs> and it was uh it it was just trying to do that man and it was i loved it i was my guy was michael but when i got into that age my guy became Kobe like Kobe was my dude Big like, facts. like i Big was facts. still I was still a Bulls fan. I'm still a Bulls fan to this day, but Kobe was my guy. I was like, Kobe Kobe was something else, man. And if I had to break it down, it was Kobe, CP3, and Tim Duncan. Those were my three guys. They were my three favorites. When I watched the game, I loved watching CP play. I loved watching Kobe I love just seeing how fundamentally sound Tim Duncan was and how he would just destroy people. Like it was, it was so much fun watching the game and I still enjoy watching it. now I miss a pit. I miss a bit of the nineties, early 2000 vibe where it was a little rough, but I, I think that's just me being an old head as, as the kids on the, 2K Internet will say, you old hey, head. I was, ain't nothing, ain't <laughs> so, nothing
1: wrong with that, though. Ain't nothing wrong with that.
0: That was, oh, man, that was an I, amazing I no era problem. of basketball. It was great. It was great era in basketball. And You're going to hear from every old head. I was like, they, they feel like their era was the best, and That's why I never – that's why I kind of got out of who's better out of LeBron and MJ. I got out of that conversation. I was like, I don't want to be part of that conversation anymore because I was like, those guys are just – I was like, they're great. I was like, I was like, just let it be what it is. I was like, they're-, they're just great. I was like, LeBron is phenomenal on the basketball court. Michael was phenomenal on the basketball court. It's hard to compare them. I was like, so is. Was- I was like, I just, I got out the conversation. I was like, man, I'm just going, I'm just going to sit here and tell you that they're both great. If I had to start a franchise with either one of them, I feel like I'd be all right. Oh <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, you'd be straight, You'd be straight for yeah. sure.
0: So speaking of LeBron. What do you think about the NBA finals? What do you think about the NBA
1: bubble? Um, I guess I'll start with the bubble. Like, that was probably one of the most well executed things I've probably seen to date. That was crazy. Uh, and the like amount of time, like the way they went about it, um, obviously the pandemic shut down the league, um, didn't know if it was coming back. Uh, Adam Silver. Took his time, you know, he didn't like automatically cancel the season from the jump. He, you know, he, he was patient. He saw if anything was feasible. They came to an option, self-isolate in Florida, and it worked. And it, it, I mean, I feel like it was fun to watch and everybody uh, was pretty well receptive to it. And I mean, it's obviously different, but it's nothing we haven't seen before. It's nothing, you know, just out of the blue. It kind of reminded you of uh, Summer League a little bit. You know, small, intimate gym, guys just playing ball, no crowd. Uh, but, I mean, it was still – they're still really good games. Uh, it was very competitive because it was the latter part of the season. People are trying to make the playoffs, all that. So, uh, I think the bubble was a success. And then as far as NBA finals go, I mean, you knew the Lakers were going to win. Let's just be honest. Shout-out to the Heat, though, for getting to the finals. Uh, i definitely say they – they did their thing, they showed some character and overachieved by a lot of people's standards. So I mean, shout out to them, shout out to Spo. He did a good job, did some different things out there. And the fact they even made the finals is you know, it's a pretty remarkable feat. So but I mean, you knew what it was, LeBron and A D at the end of the day. That's <laughs> to me hard for anybody to stop. Let's just keep let's be let's just be real. To me, it
0: was a fun, it was a fun bubble. I think everybody will agree on it was successful. It was very successful when it comes to the vibe of it. I'm a guy that I don't really like fans. And so I didn't I didn't mind fans not being there. The NBA finals, man. I, I love Jimmy Butler so much as a player and his story. He's a dog. And, like He's a dog. I just he he reminds me of a nineties guy. And so like he just taking that heat team and doing what they did, I, I thought spo. Was amazing as a coach. I still think Spo is the best coach in the NBA right now. I think Greg. I think Pop is nearing closing that door, closing that chapter in San Antonio. But Spo is just such a phenomenal coach. To lose LeBron, D Wade, and Bosch, and not even go into a rebuild, they were still competitive, still fighting, and that that just speaks of how that culture is and how great of a coach Spo is. But I will give Frank Vogel a lot of credit because that series in the Western Conference Finals against Denver, that sneaky thing that he did that I don't think a lot of people noticed was when he started Dwight Howard to guard Jokic, that won them the series. Because Jokic was, he's a big boy, he was bullying Ad. He was wearing him down a little bit, taking away kind of from his offensive game because he was tired having to guard him, and putting in a guy like Dwight who's just so physically strong and can move with Jokic. I thought that was a great move, and kind of just that move right there sealed the series. The Lakers,
1: man, they they were just like they're bigger than you. They're just better than you. They're more talented uh, snipers on the on the perimeter. I mean, they just had it all going, and they had, you know, one of the top guys in the league for some time, leading the charge. Been there, done that. Brings what he's supposed to bring to the table. Their only really comp was the Clippers in my eyes, and then the Clippers got ducked off round two. So after that, it was pretty much a wrap. So yeah, um, I like the Milwaukee Bucks. Like people, like a lot of people, like, was like, oh, this is their year. It's their year. And I'm just like, man, they're just real finicky in the playoffs. And they live and die by the three. And when life's good, life's good. Like, they're one of the best teams in the league. But when that jump shot's not falling, you know, and then when people collapse on Giannis, like, who's that next person that's going to step up? What's his name? Middleton. He's a great player. He's not not good enough to take them over the top, like, single-handedly. He's not that individually great. But, yeah. so I, it was pretty much just Lakers. I mean, it, it was theirs to win this year. So, And, man, I, I agree with that to a point,
0: but that's where we're going to sideways into this Western Conference moves because a lot of people feel like the Lakers got stronger with their moves. And I'm one of the few people who feel like they got weaker because I feel like they lost two, three really big pieces. That I just don't think they replaced adequately. I just don't. When you look at the Lakers, I don't like that they lost Dwight Howard. I don't like the loss of Rondo, and I don't like the loss of McGee. I don't. I don't like losing those three guys because Rondo gave you that second guy who could run the team, other than LeBron. Like if when LeBron needed a break you could put the ball in Rondo's hands and say, go run the team. To lose that and basically not replace him because as much love as I have for Dennis Schroeder, because I think he's a great player, I don't think he's a lead the team type of point guard. I think he's a score first type of point guard. I don't think he's the run the offense around, facilitate type of point guard. Montrez Harrell, I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason that the Clippers didn't want him back. I mean, he kind of got exposed in that series for his lack of defense. He's great energy, he's great attacking the rim, but he does not play great D, and he's not that big. He's not that big at all. And then I like the Wesley Matthews pickup. I do like Marcus Saul. Mark ain't that same defensive player that he used to be. I think losing Dwight is a big knock, and I think Rondo is a big knock. Like I still think they're gonna be up there, but I don't think they're as good as they were last year. And and the loss of Avery Bradley, because Avery Bradley, his 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 choice of not coming to the bubble was his choice, but Avery Bradley was a great two-way for them. He was a guy that could lock up somebody on the perimeter and he could hit that open three. So losing Avery, I don't know, man. I'll let you talk about that, but I I don't know. They seem a little
1: weak. (laughs) Um, I kind of like wholeheartedly disagree. I think they did get better, which is scary. They they went to the bubble without Avery Bradley. And pretty much went through the whole playoffs as if it were like not even a challenge. So I'm, I mean that just shows Avery Bradley is disposable. Great player, somebody you like you know you like to have on your team, obviously, but eh, like not really uh, an important The most important cog in the wheel. Um, they like, acquired Trez Gasol and Dennis Schroeder, like six man of the year, runner up for six man of the year, and Trez and Dennis Schroeder. And then, I mean, Marcus Saul, savvy can stretch the floor, uh, can hold down the paint. Like you said, he is getting old. Like you said, he's probably not like DPOI, Marcus Hall, But I mean, he's still seven feet, still gonna make make it make life hard for people trying to get in the paint and contest shots and whatnot. Um, but I think his, his most important asset is he's, he's, he spaces the floor for LeBron and. All their perimeter guys that are trying to slash, uh, like newly, ac- newly acquired Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, I think they're, they're head over heels, the best team, and they got better than what they were when they won the championship, personally.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about their next door neighbor then. Let's talk about the Clippers, who, in my eyes, they also got weaker in free agency, not re signing Reggie Jackson, trading Landry Shamit who I thought was a good piece for him. I thought Landry Schammett was growing into a really good piece for them. To pull the trigger on him this early in his career, I don't think that was a good move. Losing Trez, but then signing Ibaka, who I think is actually better for their team. I think he's a better defensive player than Trez. He's bigger than Trez. He can actually stretch the floor. The glaring weakness that they had was at the point guard position. They let Drew Holiday get away. They let Rondo get away. They let Schroeder get away. They gave up so much to get Paul George that they couldn't even talk to Chris Paul to bring him in because they didn't have the money for that. They could have got Ricky Rubio for cheap instead of letting him go back to Minnesota, but they didn't pull the trigger on Ricky Rubio. So they didn't address the weakest part of their game. They're bringing they all they in Ty Lou as the head coach. He's been there. He's been on the staff. So everybody's familiar with him. But you still need that guy at the point. And I love Pat Bev, but Pat Bev is a guy that needs to come off the bench. He doesn't need to be your starting point. Like he, I, I just don't see that at his age now. Like he shouldn't be your starting point. And I felt like they needed to go out and get a point guard, and they didn't do that. And I don't know if they're waiting until a midseason trade for that to happen, but it just it just doesn't look good for management, especially with PG and Kawhi having to opt out after this year. So this is – I don't know if this is a make-or-break year, but if I'm Ty Lue, I'm talking to Steve Ballmer, like we got to find a way to get a point guard in here.
1: We have to. No, yeah, they got worse. Uh, Yeah, they let – Trez was a – he was a big piece for them. He did big things for them. And then they didn't replace that. Like you said, Pat Beverly hes a good defensive point guard, but um, like you brought up like – there's playmaking and getting guys set up and getting guys involved. And he like he doesn't do that. He more of a, you know, secondary part of the offense kind of player. He's not he's not a guy you just throw the ball to and, and let him go make plays, but they were actually gonna be my biggest disappointment. There's just a lot on the shoulders of Kawhi and Paul George. And I guess we'll see if they're up to the task. Yeah,
0: it's gonna it's gonna be a rough season for him, especially if they do the load management again. Like like I understood it when Kawhi was first coming back from injury. But but now I just, I don't really get it. Like you should be healthy enough to be playing every game. This is about standings and trying to get where you ain't got to play against really good teams every round of the playoffs. As much as we want to say the Blazers was such a great team, that was a cakewalk for the Lakers in the first round. It was a cakewalk. You just, you double, you double off a of littered and you hope McCollum doesn't get hot. That's basically how you guard that team. But then you look at, you look at the Clippers and, Hell, I'm I'm surprised they made it through Dallas. Like, Dallas came at them throwing left hooks and haymakers. And I'm surprised they got through Dallas. And then they got to Denver and was up 3-1 and let Denver just hit them with the KO. Like, this is Mike Tyson's punch out. And they just never recovered. It was just everybody wanted to put that on Doc. I can't put that on Doc. Doc ain't out there playing. Doc ain't playing. Like, Doc could be calling. I always said this about coaches. Coaches could be calling the perfect play, But it takes the players to execute it. And if you're not out there executing, like the coach ain't playing a single minute, man. He ain't on the court. He ain't playing a single minute. And it's unexcusable Paul George and Kawhi Leonard disappearing in game seven. They both disappeared in the second half. There's no trace on them. They went MIA. Yeah, that's, that's unexcusable. We're going to segue into the Eastern Conference because we're going to talk about some other stuff in the West here later. In the Eastern Conference, who, who do you think made the best moves out in the East?
1: Uh, East? I would probably say I feel like Atlanta did pretty good things and they improved from their offseason transactions. They went and got Gallinari, one of the Bogdanoviches. I, I can't remember which one exactly, but the, uh, He's a guard type. He's got a strap. He can, yeah, can really shoot. Borgdon um, from the Kings. He was supposed to be in that yeah. Milwaukee
0: trade that they had to pull back because of tampering. Yeah, uh, they got him. That was a good
1: ad. Who else did they get? Got uh, they right. got Rondo. Yeah, they got Rondo. You got your boy Rondo. And you're just surrounding Trey Young with pieces and weapons. Uh, so got a young DeAndre Hunter. Cam Reddish might be able to come up. And then John, John Collins, he's really nice. I like him. I like his game. Uh he's versatile. Can shoot aggressive to the cup. I think they got better. I was um I'm not saying they're a championship contender or anything or you know uh, not to get carried away, but I think they did uh make some good moves and they improved. Oh yeah, I
0: think I think one of their biggest moves that they made that people sleep on is drafting Okongwu. Okongwu with the uh 6th pick. That was great. That was a great pick up for them. Um that kid's going to be I think he's going to be really good for them. I think he's going to be really good in the league. Uh, I remember watching him in high school when he was playing at Chino Hills with the ball brothers and that that kid was impressive he was he was very impressive and then his time in college he was very impressive my team to make the best moves honestly man is the 76ers I think the 76ers got incredibly better by one picking up shooters, and two, adding Doc Rivers. Now, if I could find my paper with their acquisitions, the Doc Rivers move was great to me, especially knowing that Doc said that he was going to take some time away unless the perfect job came up. That says a lot. I felt like that's something that Doc would have done. With the 76ers, first off, they stole Tyrese Maxey. I don't know how Tyrese Maxey fell down to the 21st overall pick. That kid is going to be very good for them. He's going to play a lot of minutes coming off the bench, but he's going to be really good for them. Getting Danny Green, I know he's a fair-weather shooter, but when he's on, he's on. Picking up Seth Curry, who statistically is the second-greatest shooter behind Steve Kerr. I was like, he if he open, it's going in. If he got a hand in his face, it's going in. Seth, Seth is a knockdown shooter. And then adding Dwight Howard to put more behind Embiid so that when you bring a center off the bench, like, I thought that was I thought that was a weak point because I love Al Horford. I love, I've love, i loved him since he was at Florida with Billy Donovan, but he lost a step. He wasn't the same defensive player. Dwight proved it last year that he could still be that same defensive player in limited minutes, so bringing a veteran center off the bench to help Embiid when he gets in foul trouble or when he's tired, I think that was a great pickup, and then getting rid of Al Horford's contract. Al Horford's contract was ridiculous. So to get that off the books, that was a big move. Yeah, that was a big move. And so I just, I feel like all those moves were great for the 76ers. I feel like Doc is at the top of that list, but adding shooters around Ben Simmons, (laughs) and Joel Embiid, was very well put together by Elton Brand and Daryl Morey because Daryl Morey was a great pickup as well. So I feel like adding them to that team, I would not be surprised this year if Philly is the number one or number two seed. Uh,
1: Philly's cool. Uh, I guess, like, for me, it's like, I mean, we'll see when we'll see. They have talent. I mean, that's undeniable. You got two of the rising stars in the league, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. They just haven't seemed to have gotten over the hump, and I mean, you know, like who, like whose fault is it? Either way, I mean, you could blame both of them, but the potential is there. But I mean, I feel like it's headed that way, where you know, they might pick one and just keep it moving, trade the other one, and get assets. Uh, if it doesn't work this year. I don't know I guess my I guess the thing I'm looking forward to most um, in the Eastern Conference is the Brooklyn Nets. Um, number one because they got my two of my top three favorite players, Katie and Kyrie. Hate on that if you want, but those <laughs> <be>. they're offensively <laughs> great and they're individually great and I don't care. Um, I was thought to be at Katie for a minute because he left my squad but it's all good. you know uh, we don't hold grudges. that's petty. That's childish. That's immature. So i moved on. He's moved on. But uh, Kyrie's my guy, man. I'm not even going to cap. That's that's probably my favorite player. I just like the way he gets down. But we haven't seen what they can be or could be yet. KD's finally going to step on the court. Training camp actually started today. He said he was going 100% of what his body allowed him to do. So that's good. Hopefully there's no complications for him going forward. But that that to me that's going to be really intriguing. Uh I am questioning the Steve Nash hire. Uh I don't know if that was the best guy to snag especially for two superstars yeah. and for two personalities of that magnitude, but um I guess we'll see. Uh maybe he has something in the chamber.
0: I mean let's be honest. I mean when Steve Kerr got to go to the state job it, it kind of feels the same way with Nash getting this Brooklyn job. I kind of, I still kind of feel some type of way about that because I feel like Mark Jackson built that team and they didn't give him a chance to see it through. I've always loved Steve for kind of giving him credit for it. Like Steve was always like, "Nah, Mark instilled that defense and that tough mentality into this team, and I just came in and I added the offense." With Nash, I mean. I've always felt like great point guards make great coaches. If you look at other great point guards that became coaches, they've all been successful. And Nash, I'm kind of with you on that. I was iffy on it. But, I mean, if Kyrie and KD signed off on it, I mean, what can you say? I was like, that's just, those are your two top guys saying, this is the guy we want. They went out and got him. So, I'm excited to see what it is. I've always loved KD. I, I was like you. I was salty about him leaving OKC. I wasn't salty that he left OKC. I was salty in the manner that he left OKC. I was like, you could have went any. I was like, you could have went anywhere else but that team. Anywhere else. Nah, he's a he's a Texas guy, and I'm a I'm a Texas fan through and through. So I oh. remember watching him in high school. Always, man. Lamont corn stay that way. I remember watching him in high school in his freshman year of college with DJ Augustine and AJ Abrams, and I was that was my guy. I'm excited to see what he is, but being around the game long enough and seeing all the injuries in the game, that Achilles injury is the hardest injury to come back from. You've yeah. went through it. <laughs> I was like, you've went yeah. through it, so you you understand. Yeah.
1: It Not is a sure. ex,
0: it is an extremely tough injury to come back from, and you got to play NBA games with real athletes going up and down that floor, and that an Achilles on a guy his size. Who doesn't? Who already doesn't have that much body fat around that area anyway to begin with to kind of protect it? Man, I I don't. I hope he has a great season. I just, I still think he's gonna get buckets, but I don't think he's gonna be that same defensive player that we're used to, which was a phenomenal defensive player with his wingspan, the way he moved on the court. He became such a great defensive player. I don't think we're gonna see that because I don't think his Achilles is going to allow him to do that. I hope it's a great season for him because I ain't got, I got nothing but love for him, but hell, Dominique Wilkins didn't come back from that. The same Kobe didn't come back from that. The same. I don't know how you're feeling after it. If you want to speak on it, but it's, it's a hard injury to come back from
1: oh yeah it's terrible it's, it's really hard I did mine three years ago uh you just have to like relearn how to do things again you got to take the rehab seriously but I was able to come back and I still play ball and I'm good to go I don't even really think about it at this point like I'm so sure of it there hasn't been any complications for me but like you said like you become a you you become a shell of yourself like they're you're limited in to what you can do now to what you were doing previously he was like a six eleven guy that could do it all take you off the dribble spot up like you name it he could score in that way and it's like i just wonder like if he like he's probably not going to be able to get to his spots the way he did previously so i I mean there's going to be uh I maybe a little. Um, he's gonna have to reinvent himself somewhat, but he shoots the ball incredibly well, and you can still be effective if you're still a really good jump shooter, which he is. Um, this is gonna be it's is like gonna be manifested a little differently. That's what I expect. Um, yeah, I, feel, I still think he's gonna average over like 20 a game, but uh, oh. it's just gonna be a little different. Uh, but like you said, I'm just gonna have to wait and see. But yeah, that, that no, that Achilles is a is a doozy.
0: Yeah. It was like, I was telling people when we were first talking about it, I was like, but I was like, I hope he's watching a lot of film on Dirk's game because Dirk became more of a 18 foot, 23 foot shooter. Like he wasn't taking people off to dribble as much anymore. He was using screens more to get to a spots defensively. He was playing smart team defense. So I, I can see him doing that until he starts to feel more comfortable on that Achilles. But Man, that that's just such a hard injury to come back from. I hope I hope he does well with it.
1: I know for me personally, like I was able to like, fully come back. I would say the only thing I can't do now that I was able to do previously is like maybe jump. I can't jump as high off of my injured uh, leg, off one foot. But that's pretty much it. I was able to. So I can still do all the things I did before I had the surgery. So you just kind of gotta adjust and like relearn all those movements. Like I said, that rehab is it's it's daunting, but you gotta do it, you gotta take it seriously. So I, I'm sure he did. And um I don't expect anything short of Kevin Durant. So
0: Yeah. And I like I said, I hope I hope it's for the best, man. Talking about another team, a few more teams out there in the east. I am a little bit surprised with the Heat's movement. And I'm pleasantly surprised with what Chicago and Charlotte did. I'm still not sold on LaMelo being this next superstar type talent. But I like the pickup. I like I like him at the point for them. I like his game set. I feel like he's going to have to learn how to shoot at the NBA level. And as long as he is, he's going to have to learn how to play defense like Lonzo. Because Lonzo is such a phenomenal defensive player at the point guard because he uses his God given size. He's so long. And LaMelo may be longer than him. And so I feel I feel like he's gotta learn how to play defense like Lonzo. Adding Gordon Hayward finally in Charlotte. Man, I don't know who his agent is, but his agent is mastermind to get him, yeah. <laughs> to get him
1: get him for the twenty. four years 120
0: man i'm like gordic, yeah (laughs) but i mean him and charlotte i like that i feel like i feel like people sleep on how good he actually was for boston like he was actually very good for boston he was he was finally getting back like people wanted him to come back so quick after that broken leg and even pg said it takes you about a year to get back to where you were and we were starting to see that in the second year, and they were looking really strong in the playoffs until he got hurt. I think that's a sneaky pickup that people are just kind of looking at it like that's a stupid contract, MJ. But I feel like MJ got money to blow. <laughs> so I was like, MJ's kind of like, Hey, look, if it equals us getting to the playoffs, I ain't really worried about it. So but and then plus they restructured Bis back uh Biombo's contract so now they take some of that money off it gave it to gordon and so i thought that was a good move so it's not really as big as a hit against the team as we think it is but i like what charlotte's doing i like the moves that they're making i think they're going to be very competitive next year i wouldn't be surprised if they were a seven or an eight seed next year Uh, but miami I like re-signing Drogic. I like bringing Drogic back. But I don't like that they didn't go after Gallinari harder. And I don't like that they didn't go after Rondo harder. Because I feel like they needed that four to stretch the floor, which they don't really have. And then I would like to see a more valuable point guard come off the bench other than... Kendrick Nunn, who Spo seemed to have lost a little confidence in later in the season. He was very, like, for a while, it was Kendrick Nunn or John Morant for rookie of the year, because they were both balling. They were going at each other. They were putting up numbers. They were balling out. And then Kendrick got hurt, and he just never came back correctly after that injury, and Spo just kind of lost some faith in him. And then again, to the bubble, and he tests positive, so he has to leave, and he has to come back and quarantine, and Spo just never really played him. So I don't know if Spo lost confidence in him, or if he was just never fully healthy enough to play. But if Kendrick Nunn can play, if Kendrick Nunn can grow, Kendrick Nunn's gonna be a really big piece for them
1: next year. For sure. Uh, what you think about the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau?
0: I think it's, i I'm not going to lie. I think it's a bad hire. I do. I love Thibodeau because from Boston days and Chicago days, um, I think he's a very good coach. I think he makes your team very good defensively, very quickly. For that team, like I've, I've been real big on this lately. You have to put in stuff that fits, that fits your culture. And that team is super young and they don't fit Tom Thibodeau. Like, it's not a team full of veterans, hard-nosed guys. It's a bunch of young cats. That doesn't fit Tom Thibodeau. I don't know how it's going to work. I I was upset with that. And that was no shot at Tibbs because I think he's a great coach. But I was upset with that. I I was like, I don't think that's the hire. I don't think that's the move you make. I, I wanted to see Mark Jackson. I wanted to see Mark Jackson come back to New York. I wanted to see him come back to the team that drafted him team he won rookie of the year for and coached them young cats like he did in golden state because i mean he has such a big hand in building that team and i think he could have did the same with those knicks um so i was i was rooting for mark jackson to take that job and i, I wasn't too happy with the tibbs hire i wasn't how'd you feel about it
1: uh i thought it was interesting uh he seems to be keep getting gigs after unsuccessful bids with other teams. But uh kind of like you said, like he likes he needs like gritty hard nosed players. That's not really the, the DNA or makeup of the players he has. Yeah. Um because he's he's hard nosed. He's gonna run you into the ground, he's gonna coach you hard, he's gonna he's gonna get on your head. And if you can't handle that, then shoot. Yeah. If you, can't, work it, out. Yeah. If you can't if
0: you can't handle it, you're gonna get a fired like like Cat and Wiggins, <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: pretty, 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 much, much, pretty much, pretty much, much. There's, there's proof but, right there.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't the marriage be between proof. your team
1: and the coach. Like, yeah, you have to have that that marriage.
0: I think Chris Paul going to Phoenix. I think him going to Phoenix was amazing because now you're gonna to get to see the true talent of Devin Booker because for so long they tried to make Devin Puc- Devin Booker the point guard, and Devin Booker ain't no point guard, man. He's a shooting guard. He's a guy that wants to come off the of screens. He's a guy that wants to set run for him where he can isolate. He's not a point guard. And so I feel like Chris Paul is going to show us a whole nother level of Devin Booker.
1: Yeah, Devin Booker, he can just be himself and just be a scorer. They're probably still the fourth best team in that division, unfortunately. They just happen to be a really tough division. Lakers, Clippers, Warriors. They're better than the Kings, but... I mean, the I West think, is just, I think without, it's just tough. It's just a
0: different beast. I think without Clay, they're better than the Warriors. I was like, pe- people sleep on how mm. much Clay means to that team. Like that, that opens up the floor so much for Steph because at, outside of Steph, who else on that team can shoot consistently? Who else on that team can shoot outside of Steph? I like Draymond's not that shooter. Jordan Poole's not that consistent. shooter. Kelly Oubre's not that shooter. I like Clay. He can shoot. He ain't consistent, man. Like he, I mean, he's nobody, nobody's gonna
1: nobody's gonna be Clay Thompson type yeah. shooter, but I mean, all you got to be is respectable and uh, you know just hit your threes at uh, in a timely manner at you know pivotal points yeah. in the game?
0: And I like I like the Kelly Oubre pickup. I think Phoenix is better than Golden State right now without Clay, and I don't know how Clay's gonna come back. Clay, I was like Clay was. Coming back off a of torn ACL and then tears his Achilles. Like, gotta be the two worst injuries for a basketball player. And I don't know how he's gonna come back. I was like, but shooters get shooted until they're 50. I was like, so I was like, if he just becomes a knockdown, spot up shooter, that's still good. But what, like, his best asset was he was next to Jimmy Butler, he was the best two way defender. Like him and Jimmy Butler were neck and neck for two-way defenders. They would lock up your best player. And Clay did it being bigger than Jimmy. Jim, uh, Clay's a solid 6'8", Yeah, Clay was just a phenomenal defender. I don't. I think they're gonna miss Clay a lot. Um, I,
1: I mean, obviously, yeah. Uh, I still think they have a. I see. I still think their roster's better than Phoenix. Sorry. Now they're probably not gonna contend in the West, but I still think they're better than Phoenix. They just picked up Wiseman. They got Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, and I mean, they're still run by Steve Kerr. Um, yeah, I wouldn't expect them to be like a top team in the West now. I mean, I mean, the West is is just super competitive. Honestly, like two or three through eight, I mean, all those teams are pretty much the same anyway maybe like four or five game variants between three and eight, but yeah. all of those spots rotate anyway. The eighteen will come up to three, you know, four go back to six and then seven will, like it's just the musical chairs and that like that's just how tough the West is just period. So you just gotta you just gotta get it how you live out there. Oh yeah.
0: That that's a big thing right there. Okay. And speaking of the West and the East, how about you give me um Who you got winning the East? Who do you got winning the West? And if you want to give me your top four seeds for each conference, give me those as well.
1: Um, winning the East? Uh, I think the Bucks will win the regular season. They'll be the number one seed in the East. I don't know. I think a lot of things really need to play out. I mean, I guess the Bucs are the favorite. Heat will be contenders. Nets, I'd have to put it between the Bucks or the Nets right now. My surprise team in the East is the Pacers. I think they're a really good team. Contingent upon having a healthy Victor Oladipo. It's not really a team you want to see in the playoffs. Um, also having
0: a Victor Oladipo that wants to be there.
1: Now, he said those are rumors. He said those are people that's talking. I mean, I don't know how true that is. but yeah. I mean, There's always uh, a little truth behind every rumor. I'm going to say Bucks are, Bucks are the Nets in the East. And then, man... <laughs> How can you pick against the Lakers right now in the West, man? I mean, one through four don't really matter at this point. You kind of know who's going to win it. Insert three teams, two through four. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I got I definitely got the Lakers again until further notice. What about you? Okay, in the East
0: right now, my one through eight in the East, I got at number eight, I got Atlanta. And then at number seven, I got Chicago. Number six, I got Indiana. Five, I got Miami. Four, I got the 76ers. Three, I got the Nets. Two, I got Boston. One, I got Milwaukee. Uh, the team that I think is coming out of the East is going to be Boston. I think they're going to be the team that comes out of the East. Now, in the West, I got, in the West, as my eight seed, I got the Pelicans I think they got a lot better with the George Hill and the Eric Blesso pick up. Brandon Ingram's going to grow. Picking up Steven Adams to be a real center and let Zion be the four of the, the three of the four sometimes Lonzo JJ Reddick I think I think they're just they're going to be an eight seed I wouldn't be surprised if they're seven my seventh seed I got Golden State I got, I'm lying I don't have golden state. (laughs) My seventh seed, I got Memphis. Nah, my seventh seed, I got Memphis. I got Memphis at the seventh seed. My sixth seed, I got Phoenix. At five, I got the Clippers. At four, I got Portland, who got a lot better in the offseason. I just don't think they're better than the top three teams, but they got a lot better. At three, I got the Lakers. Because I feel like LeBron's not going to play that much in the first first month or so. And I feel like they're going to load manage him a lot. And they don't really care about the regular season. They just they know once they get into the postseason, if everybody's healthy, they're the best team. So I feel like they're going to take a couple steps back in the seedings. But they won't drop under four. They'll be three. Two, I got Dallas. I got Dallas as number two seed. I think Luka is going to be the MVP. I think he's going to have a great year. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages just a triple-double. And at one, I got Denver. I think Denver, I think the RJ Hampton draft was a very slept-on pick. I think he's going to, if he can grow into a player that a lot of people thought he was going to be before he decided to go to Australia instead of college, I think that's going to free up Jamal Murray to be what he naturally is, which is a two. And that's going to help him out a lot more. That's going to help out Jokic a lot more. And so I got Denver at one. My team out of the West, this is where we disagree. My team out of the West, I got Denver. I got Denver coming out the West. I think Denver grows every year. Um, They had that battle three years ago with the Thunder to get into the playoffs, and they didn't make it. Thunder got in over them. And then the next year, they get in, they shock some people, they go to the second round, and they push Portland to a game seven and they don't win that and then this year they go to the Western Conference Finals and next year I see them taking that jump I see Michael Porter Jr. having a breakout year winning most improved of the year I see Jokic putting up huge numbers I see Jamal Murray putting up huge numbers I think a healthy Gary Harris a healthy Will Barton that's going to help them. Bow bowl seeing more minutes is going to help them. I think, I think Denver. I mean, if you want to talk size, Denver's the only team in the West that can match the Lakers in size. Like Denver has like four guys over seven foot, and one of them plays a small forward. It's like Michael Porter Jr. is like 6'10, 6'11. And so I can see, I see Denver coming out of the West. <laughs> I, I have Denver and Boston in the finals interesting
1: interesting i like denver a lot more specifically maul murray shout out to Ma murray kentucky product you know we reps uh big blue nation over here but i mean (laughs) i like i like denver Uh, they're a good team i don't know if i have them coming out of the west like you said like i think michael porter jr has a lot of potential it's just a matter of reaching it because that that would be a nice little three-headed monster between him while Murray and Jokic, I still don't think they're better than the Lakers, though. Uh, I mean, any team you're, you're comparing against, compare and contrast, like the Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis at the end of the day. They have the two best players on the court at any given time, whoever they play. So that that's kind of hard to trump or to top if you're just keeping it a stat. Like, that's what the game's built around. That's yeah. The t- the team with the better players usually advances and usually wins and that's what happened that's what happened last season so yeah i
0: mean it's gonna be fun to see out
1: as you can tell i had a few surprise
0: teams in the playoffs and then i i also had a few teams that i think are going to be disappointments so give me your surprise team out of the west and give me your surprise team out of the east and then give me the teams that you think are going to be a disappointment from both conferences
1: um surprises i kind of said it earlier pacers um that wouldn't shock me if they made a deep playoff run uh surprise in the west um pelicans i actually agreed with you what you said on the pelicans they made some nice acquisitions i think they got better um intriguing to see what stan van gundy does uh he's the new signal caller down there um i'm interested to see i'm interested to see uh, what he does with Zion and Stephen Adams, particularly, like you said earlier, um, Stephen Adams, he doesn't really space the floor like that. But um, I'm wondering how that relationship will mesh because you, you know, you want to give Zion the ball and get him as much access to the rim as possible because there's no there's no stopping that freight train. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, So that'll be my surprise team. Uh, Disappointments in the West Clippers. I feel like they're going to be, you know, not an average team, but, you know, like kind of like a fringe playoff team. Let's see. Disappointment in the East. I don't know. I don't really have a team. I don't know who's going to underachieve. You're going to have to get back to me on that one. I might might let you go ahead and share yours while I think about that. Okay. Well, my surprise
0: in uh in the West was the Pelicans. Um uh, because like I said earlier, I just think I think they made a lot of good acquisitions. Um I think Stan Van Gundy is a great coach for big man because if we want to be completely honest, Dwight Howard had his best years under Stan Van Gundy. He he was a monster under Stan Van Gundy, and there's mm-hmm. a reason he won defensive player of the year. I think it was Three times, maybe twice in a row, but three times total. Uh, he he's he's great for big man. Um, so I think he's going to do great stuff with Zion. I think he's going to make Stephen Adams an already better defensive player than what he already is. And I think that team is going to be very, very hard to score on. And I think they're with all that length he has, all that strength he's going to have. Uh, I think they're going to be extremely hard to score on. Um, my disappointment is Houston. As you, as you can tell, I did not have Houston in the playoffs. I didn't have Houston or Golden State in the playoffs. Um, I think I think one or both are going to be traded. Speaking of James Harden and Russell Westbrook, um, I think they make good pickups. If they can keep that team together, It wouldn't surprise me if they make the playoffs because Christian Wood was a great pickup and DeMarcus Cousins, if healthy, was a great pickup because that gives you two bigs that can stretch the floor and can also be a presence on the defensive side because, I mean, people slept on Christian Wood because he was out there in Detroit, but he put up 23 and 13 a game and he shot 40% from the three-point line and he's seven foot. And so that's just... That, that's a great pickup for them if they can keep James and Russ, but I don't think they will. I think Russ will end up being traded. I won't be surprised if he ends up in the Clippers uniform um, and I think James will end up getting traded. My surprise in the East is Chicago. Who are um, the Clippers going to
1: trade for Russ?
0: I have no idea, man. I don't know,
1: but like I said, I wouldn't I, be surprised. They can't afford that without trading PG or Kawhi.
0: They they're gonna have to trade something, and I think Steve Ballmer just take that hit, like because again, like Steve Ballmer and Michael, like they can take that luxury tax hit. They don't really like they're just like we'll, we'll we'll take that hit if it equals wins. I don't like Russ in the I don't like Russ with the Clippers, but like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up there.
1: Contract closest is Kawhi or PG, and they're definitely not trading either of those two.
0: I know they definitely won't trade Kawhi. I don't know about PG. I like PG kind of. I don't know how Steve Ballmer feels about PG, but I know they definitely ain't trading Kawhi.
1: And, and that's pretty no f- much, they pretty much sold their whole entire future for PG. So I would think they would want to make that work. I hope
0: so. Uh, my surprise in the East is Chicago. I love Billy Donovan. Um, I think he is a young guy's coach. And I think we got to see him actually coach last year without having Russ, without having PG, having SGA and Chris Paul. He, like, we got to see what, what two great basketball minds together can produce. And Chris Paul led that team. But you saw him on the sidelines constantly talking to Billy. And I think out there in Chicago, I think he has a great I think he has a great team of young talent. I love Kobe White. I think Zach Levine, they're going to give him to the all-star break to adjust. And if Zach doesn't adjust, I can see Zach being traded. Because I I, I don't know how him and Billy are gonna mesh, but Lloyd Marketing is great. Wendell Carter Jr. is a great player. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. is really good for him. Like I I can see Chicago being, as I said, the seventh seed. Like that's that's my surprise. I can see them being the seventh seed in the East. I can see them winning 42 games. Not 42, because it's a 72 game season. So let's say about 36. I can see them going 36 to 36, having a 500 season. I can see that. Um, my disappointment is Toronto. I think Toronto is going to fall off. Um, I didn't have them in the playoffs. I didn't have them. Um, I think Atlanta got a lot better. I think Chicago is going to be a lot better. I think Indiana's a good team. Um, Kyle Lowry. I love Kyle. I love Fred Van Pleet, but no Marcus All. no Serge Ibaka. I don't know. I think they're going to fall off. I think they're gonna fall off. I think they're gonna they're gonna fringe on the playoff team all year, and then either barely make it or not make it. I think it's gonna be a three way battle at the bottom with Chicago, Atlanta, and them. Like I, I, that's where I had Chicago and Atlanta at seven and eight, but I think honestly think it's gonna be like Chicago with thirty six wins, Atlanta with thirty five, and Toronto with thirty five. And Atlanta just had a tiebreaker because I, I don't know. I like Nick Nurse, but I just – I don't know about that team this year. I don't know about them. And people are going to think I'm crazy for that one, but I just – I don't know about that team this year.
1: I mean, that's fair. Uh, they still got – I'm not a huge Kyle Lowry fan anyway, but I guess they still got him in the uh, – what's his name? Siaco. Spicy P? <laughs> oh, <Siaco. laughs> That's what, that that what they they call it Spicy P. I think, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> but I could, I could definitely see them taking a step back. Um, no, yeah, those, those are all pretty interesting. Those are all definitely something to think about. Guess who, you, who you got in the finals, bro? Oh, I already said it. I got Denver and Boston. Denver and Boston. I, got,
0: I got Denver and Boston, and I got Boston reclaiming the NBA championship title reign over the it's Lakers. The truth, so I was like the La- Lakers tied it up. I feel like I feel like that that Leprechaun's gonna show up for Boston because Red All back can't have that. I, was, I feel like that Leprechaun's gonna show up and they're gonna get that one back so they can still <laughs> have that one over the Lakers. Was, man. <laughs> but man, I like I like it's weird because this is gonna sound very, very strange. But Kimball Walker being hurt and not being able to play this first month or so, I think it's good for them. Because I think that gives you a way to rest him. I think it gives you a way to when he comes back, you ain't got to play him big minutes because you can use the excuse he's coming off of an injury. So we're slowly working him back into the team. And that just keeps him fresh for the playoffs. And that also gives you a chance to groom a guy who, come off the bench when they need minutes from them, and so I like, I like Boston. I, I mean, I love Jason Tatum. Like that's my guy. I remember when Philly passed up on him. I was like, that's the stupidest shit. Like I was like, why? He's would in my you pass he's up? in my top five. He's in my
1: top five phase for
0: sure. I was like, why would you pass? He might up be number three. Can't. Shit. I don't. So I don't cold. know. I don't know why you would pass on that kid. Watching him at Duke, I was like, what in the hell? I was like, no. I was like, like you can't
1: pass on this kid, man. Boston had the number one pick, and they said he was the number one player on their board. And they knew oh, yeah. they were going to get him, and they traded back.
0: They traded back. That's crazy to me, man. They traded back and still got him. That's, that's yeah. crazy. Like, they're still And they got him at three. So there's two teams that were just like, Nah, we don't see it. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, how you not see it? How you watching film on this kid and not see that Jason Tatum is the next dude up? Like, what are so you talking cute.
1: about? And he's only 22.
0: Yeah. It did. I love Jalen Brown. Oh, my God. Jalen Brown. Two-way. Lock you up. It did come dunk on you and flex. Like, I love it. Um,
1: he's bouncy.
0: Yeah. I think the sneaky pick up the sneaky pickup that people don't talk about, Tristan Thompson. That's a nice pickup for them, man. That's an athletic big who plays defense, something they haven't had, and then they still keep Daniel Tice. So, So they kept Daniel Tice, who was becoming a really good center for them and could stretch the floor, and then you add Tristan Thompson, who is going to give you bounce, rebounds, and defense. And I like them, man. I like Boston coming out the East. I like Boston beating Denver and six. That's what I
1: got. I'm going to need to see that first. Um, I do believe in Tatum. I do believe in Jalen Brown. I kind of want to see that first and see how that thing, uh, gets going. They were pretty good, uh, in the bubble and in the playoffs They made it to oh, the really? Eastern conference finals. Um,
0: like I I'm gonna go Laker,
1: I'm, I'm gonna go with the Lakers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just throw a dart right here. I'm gonna just say Lakers Nets because I'm biased. Has Lakers, no objectivity involved with the Eastern Conference pick. Let's keep it a stack. <laughs> My boys Kyrie and KD are on the Nets, so that's what we go with. So Lakers Nets like finals. I like
0: it. I like it. Oh, you got Lakers Nets. Who so you got
1: winning? Lakers dog, Lakers. you got a clean sweep, you got a clean sweep or a gentleman uh, sweep. Not
0: a, not a, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I could see a gentleman's sweep, I really could. If it got to those two teams, I,
1: mean, I could see a gentleman sweep. sweep. Sure. Sure. I feel like the Nets are gonna be like those mid 2000 Suns where defense is gonna be like yeah but we're gonna Man. score more points than you so it won't <laughs> yeah. matter.
0: We're, we're just gonna put up but, but then those those mid if you say that though those mid two thousand Suns never made it out the them. <laughs> they never they made it to the Western made conference, the Western finals, Western conference once. finals once yeah. once yeah <laughs> like, they, they always got bounced by they also didn't
1: have lead. they also didn't have Katie and Kyrie
0: Oh, they did. They had they had Steve they had Steve Nash, who was also the coach now. And Dan Tony, who was also the coach now. And Amari Stoudemire, who was also the coach now. It's, I was like, like Steve Nash brought the whole Phoenix team. <laughs> he
1: pretty much did. That's why I'm saying like brought the whole You, you team kinda, kinda team. see the writing on the wall. You like kind of oh know what it's, what it's
0: gonna be. Oh <laughs> I mean, he brought the whole new he go. I'm telling you, man, 20 games in, he's going to activate Amari. Uh,
1: <laughs> Amari, gonna, said, Amari gonna going to be coming off the bench. We're going to recreate this.
0: <laughs> man, it's going to be it's gonna be a crazy season, man. And before we leave, man, before we end this episode, I know you're a college guy. I know you're an Oak State guy. Cade Cunningham, number one pick.
1: Man, if he – yeah man yeah let's just go and say yeah bro
0: yeah what a great episode man having my buddy dom on an oklahoma state grad i said oak state a few times and i know he got annoyed with that so it's oklahoma state let's just keep it 100 great episode great content i loved every part of it i just want to again say thank you to dom for coming on to the episode i appreciate it a lot And I just want to keep coming with these sports episodes. So if you want to be a guest, just hit me up. You know how to get in contact with me. If you don't know how to get in contact with me, I'll have my information in the podcast description. But thank you again for listening to this podcast. You have a great day. Have a blessed day. We out. Peace. But before we leave, I almost forgot and I would be remiss if I did not mention the homie Dom's podcast. Let's keep it a stack. You can catch it on all streaming platforms. Real good material. You guys got to check it out, man. Let's keep it a stack by the homie Dom. Thank you again for listening to this episode. Once again, we out. Peace.